0: The Batman Universe Comic Podcast. Hey, this is Scott Snyder.
1: Hi, this is Denny O'Neill. My name is Neil Adams.
0: And this is Paul Dini.
1: Hi, my name is Denny O'Neill.
0: This is Kevin Conroy. Hey, this is Francis
1: maniple
2: Hi, this is Jim Lee, and you're listening to the Batman Universe Comic co- Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Batman Universe Comic Podcast, episode number 219. I am your host, Dustin, and today I have with me...
1: This is Gwendolyn.
2: And joining us uh, as Ed is out of the office this this episode, uh, we have Ian Prime. Welcome, Ian. Thank <laughs> <Welcome. laughs>
1: Poor guy. You actually fired Ed. Why, why are you lying to people? Yes.
2: Yes. Stella wants everyone to believe that I fired Ed, but when he makes his miraculous <laughs> return in two Violin! weeks, uh, I will look like a moron, so...
1: Well, we don't want any pro-Corey people on this show, so we finally got rid of him.
0: But what if there's a pro-Helena person on the show now?
1: (laughs) Luckily, you're temporary.
2: So we have a couple of books to cover. We have a little bit of news to cover, and as usual, we have Greater Gotham and The Bad Signals. So, we're going to jump straight into comic news and start off with, as uh, as I forgot to mention, this is covering weeks of February 27th through March 11th. Uh, the first bit of news that we actually have, uh, there was two articles that uh, Josh posted up talking about some of the big events that were happening in some of the books. Um, first off, uh, over in the pages of Nightwing, there is a story slash plot point that's currently going on where Nightwing could potentially be a father. Thoughts? on that Mm -hmm.
1: i think it's really weird uh because you know all of a sudden i mean the previous issue he just started the relationship basically and yes it goes through several days because i think one of the ticker marks at the top was like 60 or two months ago or something i mean so clearly you know they've been going out for a couple months but this seems like the worst thing ever um, and I think of all people that Dick Grayson were, would probably be one to carry slash use protection, um, given the fact that he has been with multiple women. So I'm a little confused about it. I honestly think that it's a bit of a um, a trick on the, on the writer's part or, or whatever is happening. Uh, and there's something else that's actually going on. Uh, either with Sean or something above Sean. And there's some trick going on. But if she really is pregnant, I think it's pretty ridiculous.
0: I am also against it. I like Sean. I like Dick and Sean in a relationship, although I think it's probably temporary. But the way they're handling this makes Dick seem like he's a teenager again. And mm. he's he's a 21-year-old, I think, which means he's been heroing for almost half his life and it just feels it feels like they're trying to regress his character for no good reason and also i mean i don't i'm not a big fan of pregnancy plot lines because they either add unnecessary drama or controversy and although i i mean it's not like they couldn't do a good job with it because they did it with spoiler back in the 90s but Mm -hmm. i'm not convinced it's a great choice
2: well, me personally, I think that's part of the problem is that this character has been, it's been too rushed. Um, as Stella said, mm. you know, last, last issue, it was, it was, it did take place over 60 days. So they have been together for a little bit of time. But the fact that the 60 days happened in one issue when we already have a very quick bi-weekly schedule where two issues are coming out every month to basically speed or fast forward in a relationship, it makes it slightly meaningless. Um, and it comes across as this is just a straight plot point to get Nightwing worried, maybe throw him off balance for what is about to come, um, specifically because in the issue that uh, happened in the last two weeks, uh, we have the, or that issue that it's revealed that she could potentially be pregnant was also revealed that she is also been kidnapped by a villain and that he has to basically yep. save her. So the
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know, it comes down to are we going the route of, you know, she, is she going to eventually die? Uh, I hope not. I I don't think that that's where we're going, but I feel as if um, the pregnancy scare by itself could potentially push Dick Grayson away. And that's not necessarily a good thing either, because I don't feel like she's actually going to be pregnant. I feel like it is just a pregnancy scare. And because of that, because of the way he's reacting so immediately to this situation, I feel as if he's going to scare himself away from wanting to be in a relationship with this person. But the biggest thing is that we had, they, they literally kissed an issue ago, this, are th- th- two issues ago, the next issue, they have basically two months of going out. And then the next issue, they have this pregnancy scare. And like, if this uh, gradually, and the relationship was naturally, you know, just progressing over the course of, let's say, 12 months, and it was just like a, back you know background subplot that was going on to hint at something to come later on fine but they weren't even together during the last story arc and that's the thing that bugs me yeah i agree it just is very rushed and even for people
0: who like sean i mean spoiler was around for like five years before they did a pregnancy storyline with her and that wasn't even with tim
2: yeah. So we'll wait and see. Obviously the next, uh as you're listening to this, the next issue of Nightwing will be out on stands so you can check it out and see what's actually going to happen. But, We'll be sure to talk about it on the next episode as well. So then uh, the other bit of news we have is so we talked about this on the last episode. We talked about uh, DC crossing over with Looney Tunes and how as crazy that idea is. Uh, and then we were also talking about how Tom King had been hinting that he was writing it and we couldn't tell if he was being sarcastic or whether or not he was actually being truthful. But well, it turns out on March third, it was announced that uh, the Batman Elmer Fudd crossover is in fact being written by Tom King. Uh, joining him on art duties will be Lee Weeks. And uh, if you thought this was cr- if you thought the idea of just this happening was crazy, listen to the actual story scri- description. After a chance meeting with billionaire Bruce Wayne, multimillionaire Elmer Fudd's obsession quickly escalates into stalking Batman through the dark alleys and high class social settings of Gotham City. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, when I read, when I, it was funny because you know my I was telling my wife about these Looney Tune crossovers and how like it could be interesting just because of some of the stuff they've done with Hanna Barbera, and them trying seemingly trying to do something similar where they're reinventing some of these characters. But it, it's it's just funny because when I read it to her, she's like, "So he turns to stalking." And I was like, "Yeah, it's almost like he's hunting Batman." And uh, most likely this is going to have a 499 price tag and will be available in June. So we don't have the f- price tag yet, but solicitations will release before the next episode. so we'll obviously tell you more about that when that happens. But it is 48 pages, so we're expected to be 499.:
0: I don't actually read any of the non I don't even read much beyond Batman, but what's the market for this anyway?
2: I would I would agree and say there probably is no market, but the Hanna Barbera stuff has actually been selling pretty well. So I'm guessing it's the same exact market. The Hanna Barbera stuff is sitting, you know, most of the stuff is sitting anywhere between fifteen to thirty k, depending on what actual what specific thing it is. Um, and they're doing a whole another wave of the Hanna Barbera stuff later. I think it, I think they're saying October is when the next wave is going to be coming out. So clearly they feel like there is a market. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think it is crazy, but I will definitely be reading it, not just because it's a Batman book, because I think it's hilarious and I want to read it. So ultimately, it just comes down to they're, they're trying to do try different things. We can't fault them on that. Uh, they tried it with DCU, but the sales numbers weren't there. So they're just trying it with other brains that you know they have the ability to mess around with. So, and to be I'm fair, a-
0: I, I think that it would be great to diversify comics genre because. You look at a place like Japan where they've got just every kind of comic. And then you look at America where comics are pretty much either tiny indies or superheroes. I think it'd be nice to have different kinds of stories being told. Yeah, I would I would definitely agree with that.
2: And then the uh, only other bit of news we have is that there was a DC All Access video on March 1st talking about Mr. Oz's secret plan. This deals with uh, a brief appearance that Tim Drake made over in the pages of Superman number 18 um, in relation to him being locked up in Mr. Oz's fortress or jail cells or whatever it is so uh, you can check out the video we also have uh, uh, the panel itself in another article called tim drake fans should check out superman number 18 you can check out that article on the website and also see the panel where tim drake appears so with that we're going to dive straight into our books and our very first book is batman
1: Batman number 18, I Am Bane part three, script by Tom King, pencils by David Finch, inks by Danny Mickey, and colors by Jordi Belair. Well, this takes place on day four. And remember that Claire needs five days, I believe it is, of conditioning. So we can kind of assume that that's what and where we last left Batman in issue 17, if you recall, all of his friends are tied up, and Bane is basically demanding for the Psycho pirates. So he gives a pretty nice deal, and he says, I'll give all of your friends back for the Psycho and Batman says no. So there's a nice little narrative that basically uh, there's a side-by-side origin story of both Bruce Wayne and Bane, and at one point Bane says... Why did you say that name? Actually, he doesn't. But it kind of reminded me of if it were a Batman versus Bane situation, and both their parents were named Martha. Uh, So you see Batman growing up. We know that story. And Bane, if you have not read Chuck Dixon's, and I should say Graham Nolan's, uh, a wonderful story of Bane vengeance. Then he was born in Santa Prisca because his mother was locked up because they couldn't have found the father who was really the person who should have been in jail. His mother was killed and then he was sort of raised by the prison as well as different inmates. And that's where he first. Met him. Uh, so meanwhile, while this backflash is going on, there's also this big fight between Batman and Bane. For the most part, Bane defeats Batman, but he keeps denying Hickle Pirate and And he got up at one point and at Dana's way to basically kill all of his friends, uh, he gets a call from Catwoman and that was all a ruse. So Catwoman was actually sent in purposefully to be tied up. So she got rid of the, his three people, Trog, zombie and bird uh, got rid of, she didn't kill them, but they are strung up. Uh, So similar to the first, issue of this arc instead of i am bane with the three robins being hung upside down it's i am cat and of course everyone else is safe and at the very batman i assume it's batman being helped into arkham asylum by somebody dressed in white not sure who that could be. Oh, and Ed, as this is happening, Bane watches it and he ends up crunching in the door and walking inside. So we can assume next issue starts in Arkham Asylum. So next issue is next No One Left Alive. So I'll start with this end point. Uh, who is this figure in white that helps them? Is it, you know, an easy answer? And I just could not really tell because it's pretty far off. And also, what do you think is going to be happening? in Arkham Asylum seems kind of like a bad place potentially to have a battle Royale. And you know, the title is no one left alive. Does that mean just all the crazies that are going to come out to play? So your thoughts on what's going to happen next and who is helping Batman into the asylum?
2: Okay. So as far as who the character in the white is, uh, assuming that you're talking about the character in the second panel on the second to last page, um, which I'm sure you are. Um, I would say that it's Batman Uh, on a digital version of the issue. If you zoom way in, there's clearly a bat cowl and a cape that's drooped over the figure. Um, I'm assuming it's white because of the lightning that's all around Batman and that's flashing all around. So that's probably why it's white Um, as the lightning goes away in the next panel. He's gone. Um, So that's, that's, that's my thoughts on that. Um, as far well it's also shadowy and actually if you look really close you can actually still see the cape in the next panel and then the next panel the door's open so clearly batman is goading him into coming into arkham now the question is why is he doing it and or what you know what is how does arkham asylum play into all of this and i think that ultimately what's what's going to happen is we're going to see batman using some villains inside of arkham to take down bane now i don't know i don't know why Villains would be helping out Batman. Other than maybe the idea is, well, Bane has used villains in the past to make him make himself a name. Uh, looking back on Nightfall, he broke all those villains out of out of uh, jail so that they would, you know, basically wear Batman down so that Batman would be easily taken down by Bane. Does anybody remember half the villains that were that were taken out of, um, you know, that were freed from jail by Bane? know because the story was about Bane breaking Batman's back so that's what people remember so maybe there's some you know Batman's like well hey Bane who took credit for all of that horrible stuff that happened he's here and don't you want to give him some payback for taking credit for everything that's the only thing I can think of so that's what I'm assuming is actually going to happen I think it's it is just uh when you brought
0: up Bane creating the gauntlet for Batman during Nightfall I realized that The parallelism between Bruce and Bane is continuing in the next issue. It's not visual because you don't have the um, parallel panels that David Finch is drawing. But I really like that idea of Bane broke Bruce by forcing him to face all of his villains. Bruce is going to break Bane
2: in the same way. And I think that would be a good, good way to go about it.
1: I'm thinking it might have something to do with Psychopirate, who happens to be there at the moment right now. Uh, so if there is a way to convince villains, because you said that there's a deal, and I feel like an easy way to make a deal with someone is to convince them emotionally. Uh, because if you remember in the previous issue, Alfred is down there right now with Claire and Psychopirate, Pirate, uh, and all they really need is that last day, and I feel like they could manipulate him to somehow manipulate the other villains to then go against Bane. So actually using the one thing that Bane wants against him. Um, but it just seems like a really dangerous arena to be in because everyone would sort of be against you. So there's got to be a way to offer them something in exchange. Um, so, yeah, I just think Psycho Pirate might be the key to all this as he is with uh, this whole story. It seems my other question is actually uh, what, Ian was getting to to a certain extent, and it's just this narrative, this side by side narrative. I wondered how how you liked it how did you ever see these uh two characters as similar as they were really put to be uh as as the writing and the the illustrate illustrations were going along uh what What did you think about um their backstories and and connecting them like that?
2: I thought it was an interesting way of doing it because I think that a lot of people. We've said this multiple times before. A lot of Batman's villains are a duality of his own character. Uh, You know, Two Face is the, you know, what would happen if a good person goes bad. You have Joker, who's just the exact opposite of Batman, completely crazy, not thinking about plans all the time, things like that. Almost all the villains, in some way, are kind of like a mirrored bad, evil image of Batman. Um, And Bane has always just. Uh, and I'm not I don't want to say that he's always been this but he's he's portrayed very much so as a physical match for batman uh sure he is very smart uh when you look at bane during his during you know the the peak of his characterization in the 90s he's portrayed as a very mentally smart person um but but I don't think anybody's actually thinking, Bane. Oh, yes, he's a great sh- or strategist. He should. Uh, he he definitely be a match for Batman. Most of the time, I think people are just assuming that Bane is going to be a physical match for Batman, and that's what sets him apart from so many of the other villains uh, as part of the of Batman's rogues gallery. But I think that this actually portrays Bane in that duality that you know they are a you know they are a mirror image of each other. They're just completely different versions of each other and you see as the issue goes on you see how like things progress and how you know just certain things can make you know completely change everything so I think that it's really interesting that they did this I don't know that I've ever actually viewed Bane in this way I mean it's they didn't really change anything so it's not to say that this is new it's just Connecting those dots, I think that this was done really well and they did a good job of connecting the dots that have always really been there, but nobody probably really ever put together. Well, I think
0: there's been a couple of reviewers and fans who are like really upset about the parallelism that Tom King is writing. Uh, I disagree with them, but I do think I read Vengeance of Bane just before I Am Suicide came out, so it was really fresh in my memory when I was reading these Tom King issues. And if you try and make... Vengeance of Bane and the current issue of I Am Bane line up exactly. I think there might be some ages that are slightly different, and there's some connective tissue between different actions that is left out here or not included in Dixon's version. So I think that there is an amount of creation and change that Tom King is bringing, but I think that's completely acceptable given that we've had like three crises plus. Um, Rebirth and the new 52 between Vengeance of Bane and Rebirth, I am Bane. I totally agree with you, Dustin, the idea of Batman's villains as being so often uh, a dark version of part of his own character. And I think that I would actually argue that Bane as seen here is, is not just a physical match. He's a match for Batman's will. Um, Batman has a will to fight against the evil that corrupts his city And Bane also has that will, but he has a because his parents were were murdered in a prison, and he was forced to grow up among criminals. His will is to rule rather than to um, to protect the innocent. You know, he wants to keep everyone safe by being in control of them. And there's there is that tendency in Batman to control his allies and control his friendships and family relationships in a very unhealthy way. So I think that seeing Bane. Externalize that in a political sense on Santa Prisca is brilliant on Tom King's part.
1: I've actually seen a parallel be, w- between these two characters before. I had a seminar class that I was teaching uh, at the school that I teach in, and Vengeance was actually one of the stories that I did before I went to um, a l- little bit of Nightfall. But I ta- I liked, I really like Bane's origin, however sad it is. But it's also very much a question of you know. What happens if you're an orphan, but you don't have the care system that Bruce Wayne did? Because, you know, he had Alfred, even though in this sense, it seems like he's very much comforted by his mother. I think that came into focus again, which is something that uh, we brought up in a previous episode. And just uh, Martha really seems to be a focus right now in this era of Batman. Why did you say that? You know, it's just interesting. Oh, yeah, why did you say that? Why did you say that? Uh, it would be funny if his mother's name was Martha, but given uh, the culture that he was raised in, I doubt it. Uh, but anyway, so, you know, it's just an interesting, like, question of what if, you know, someone didn't have that care system, someone was raised in a prison, and also just the idea of uh, when is innocence lost? You don't really get to see the bear, Ojito, I believe his name was, um, little Osito, and... um You know, I think that was the moment and him getting pushed over the side rail. I think that's kind of the moment where he loses, quote unquote, innocence. Uh, And, you know, is evil like born or is it made like, you know, all these sorts of questions that go into it, which um, to a certain extent, you don't get to see this a lot um, in this particular side-by-side, side, especially because Vengeance, he wasn't really put in that cell for a place to live, as if it was a nice thing. He was put in that cell for punishment, so there were a little, there were some differences between the source material and this, but I like this side-by-side. Side. Um, it was interesting to see them both, I guess, referring to their mother, though I think, honestly, after his mother died, and he fell over the rails. That Bain didn't really pay her a second thought. So I think we are going into a new direction. We might be adding some like sympathy to this guy, and be like, "Oh, look at these sad situations that he raised in, uh, that he was raised in." Whereas, you know, sometimes we just, I think, want a villain that he's he's a bad guy. So you just got to go with it. But I do like there is some some depth here that both King and uh, Finch are trying to explore. So I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I thought, I mean, he really puts points your attention to their similarities, but I had already, uh, gathered it before, but, uh, hopefully people, I mean, even though Ian, you had brought up, you know, clear, there might be an age difference, um, And I don't think you can assume that both of them are going on contemporaneously. I mean, I guess you could. But I think just the fact that these two are growing up in a similar manner, it could be, you know, years apart, but just look at these different milestones that they're reaching and look how similar these milestones are. Um, But, yeah, I I don't have any problem with it. I I enjoyed it. I thought that it made, this is something that I think King has been doing over just a different narrative style uh, and doing different things that that you wouldn't necessarily expect with a Batman book and with the characters he's using. So I liked it.
0: Yeah, I completely agree, Stella. I also think that the sympathy for Bane, really rereading this issue, I um, I questioned Batman's, the justice of Batman's mission. Um, I, I really wonder why didn't he put Claire on the Batplane and fly her to Santa Prisca and then say, hey, Bane, can I? Mm. I mean, he didn't need to take. Psycho Pirate for Psycho Pirate to treat Claire. He could have just, you know, gone to Bane and said hey, I have this problem can Psycho Pirate treat Claire for five days? Because it doesn't seem she, like it has to be every hour of every day. She, it's just like an hour long treatment or something. Mm-hmm. So why couldn't he just take in Claire to Santa Prisca? So like, there seems to be an element where Bane was trespassed upon by Batman and he has some justice on his side
1: do you think it was I mean do you think though honestly that Bane would be amenable to any like anyone asking anything of him especially Batman you know Batman coming up and asking a favor do you think he'd be like oh sure you can borrow this guy do you think
0: but Batman didn't even try he came in
1: it's true demanding
0: it's true. like he, I mean, yeah. he, he kept give me the psycho pirate right? I'll break your back you know he did that did like, <laughs> five times he did as that, he was yeah. punching every single one of Bane's mm-hmm. soldiers like I feel like if he had, uh, he didn't even try. That's my thing is he, he yeah. didn't try. And that to me indicates that he wasn't being completely rational. And Tomkins actually said on Twitter that Batman's plan has not been rational since the beginning of I am suicide. He's mm. not being as clear thinking
2: as he
0: sometimes is.
2: I wonder if there's a reason behind that. And it, the, the problem is if the reason ends up being, it's just because he feels bad for Gotham girl. that. That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, And honestly, if it's because he feels for Batgirl or uh, not Batgirl, Gotham Girl, then why is it that uh, he was able to take two issues off and have a, you know, a a fling with uh, Catwoman for the time being? Well, that only took one night, though. That's true. But, I mean, like, you would think there would be a little bit more pressing matters at hand. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Catwoman's been in jail for a while, right? I guess that's one way to look at it. <laughs> All right. All right. So Batman number 18.
1: <laughs> oh, man. Okay.
2: I'm going to give this one three and a half out of five. I'm going to give this a four and a half. This was really well done.
1: And I'm going to split the difference and say a four out of five.
2: And over on the website, Matthew gave it four. So that's going to give Batman number 18 a total of four out of five ratings. Let's move into our next book, Detective Comics. Detective Comics number 952, written by James Tynion IV, art by Christian Duce and Fernando Blanco also helps out with the opening sequence. Oh, oh many months ago in Paris, Razel Gould is talking to Shiva, she tells he tells her to to, for her to stop before the situation gets out of control. He promises to tell her about her daughter. She says, ha, ha no. no. Uh, Roz cues uh, an attack, which lasts in about 10 seconds uh, where Shiva kills every single one of them. Uh, Cass's photo burns under Shiva's feet. As we cut to present Gotham, Cass and the team face Shiva's ninjas, but Cass, sees Shiva watching and heads off to confront her. Batwing and Azrael both fall prey to impossible sharp katanas, and Batman orders Clayface to multiply his body to take the ninjas down, which he manages to do. On the rooftop, Cass surprises Shiva by sneaking up on her, and Shiva tells Cass all this is because of her. Shiva and Cass fight, and Shiva notices that Cass is seeing the lethal strikes, but she's choosing to... Use non lethal methods. She disables Cassandra with a nerve strike when Orphan insists that she won't kill, and Shiva leaves, saying that it would have been better for her to never know David Cain, what David Kane did with her daughter after showing that uh, she has the ability to take down Batman as well. She promises to kill all of Gotham City and then disappears. Clayface desperately tells Batman and Batwoman that the ninjas took Luke and John Paul as they tend to cast. Renee tells Kate that the cops have gotten a kill order on all Batcapes, and then Duke Thomas shows up to share some intel on the colony's list of targets, all of whom have died and were placed by ninjas, who then vanished. Jacob Kane tells his daughter to get out of Gotham, but she insists that she has to stop Shiva with their only chance. Uh, he tells Kate about an attack a year ago where Shiva disabled him and uh, by stabbing him through the ribcage, tying him to a chair and making him watch as she killed forty three of his troops viciously. He claims that Shiva is nothing but evil. Meanwhile, Cassandra is watching the entire interrogation, and she says, "Why her? Why her?" As Batman embraces her, a couple of different things. Obviously, Shiva is a crazy badass uh hands down uh, I don't know that there's any way better to put that, but she basically shows that not only is she great at being a being very strategic with her planning and executing of her plan but also the fact that she can handle her own and much much more than that uh in a fight she easily takes down Cassandra after Cassandra is. On par with what she's doing like the, in the fight, they're right on the same level until Shiva realizes that she's not doing lethal moves and then decides to just take her out. But that fight lasted many more pages than Shiva and Batman, which lasted no time at all as Shiva easily takes down Batman. So the first question I have is... Shiva is definitely a, f- a force to be reckoned with um, the fact that and not just because she's the, the leader of the league of shadows, but also just because she is a beast when it comes to being able to, to fight um, last episode, we were talking about the fighting scale and we all put Cassandra above Batman. I think that this, this by itself proves it definitely. But uh, Shiva is crazy, crazy good. So, Do you think that anybody without any superpowers, this is a crazy question, but there's not a whole lot to go on because it's very action-driven in this issue, but do you think that there's anybody in the DC Universe that you know of that Mm -hmm. without superpowers that would be able to face Shiva in hand-to-hand combat and be able to potentially best her?
1: Uh, Maybe Richard Dragon?
2: I thought of that, too. That was one of the few that I actually thought of.
1: Is it that are are you saying overall continuity? or are We no, saying- just all the
2: continuity because honestly, I, okay. I, I try to rack my brain for somebody else, and I didn't come up with a whole lot of options. So,
1: yeah. What about the sensei?
2: That was the other one that I came, and that works within the, this continuity. I think.
1: Yeah. Um. It is interesting. <laughs> uh. The fact that. <laughs> Raws is, you know, at the beginning, I think that attests to Shiva here. I think, you know, when Shiva first appeared in New 52, while she may have had like a fun fight with uh, Dick Grayson, I think that's the only time I remember seeing her. It was pretty, it wasn't, I, I feel like it wasn't a respectful portrayal of her, but I feel like with this, what we've seen just in these small moments you're like yeah this is the shiva that we've been talking about this is the shiva that you know was so great in the 90s and and uh she popped up and that's that's the reason why um so uh i just that first scene i thought oh man the fact that Roz is here and he's wanting to make a deal and you could basically take this guy down is pretty intense
0: i think um batman actually would give her more of a fight um but he was overconfident for some reason he thought that he'd beaten her before, and so he he went in unguarded. I think that's not that I don't think Shiva would take Batman wouldn't take Batman down, but I think that it probably would have been longer if Batman hadn't been overconfident
2: the The other thing that I wanted to talk about real briefly was um we had an appearance from Duke Thomas, and we all know that I absolutely. Adore that, him? Yeah, yeah, that he's a tapped frosted <laughs> chicken leg.
1: Um, oh, here we go.
2: I got to keep throwing my 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 uh Dustin yeah, is your
1: swan's Jeez. chicken. Yeah,
2: yeah. So anyway, so the thing is, he he popped up in this issue, and outside of the fact that I don't really like the character, the one thing that I do like about him appearing in this issue is that we're kind of incorporating the idea that there are other characters within the Batman universe, within Gotham city that are not necessarily a part of this team, but still operate and still make sense to appear. Um, that's the one thing that I've, I've complained about for the longest time is that, you know, like Robin hasn't appeared in a main Batman story, meaning Robin Damian Wayne has not appeared in a Batman main story for the longest time. Sure. He appeared two issues ago in Batman, but I'm just saying, like, in general, they they tend to keep Damien away from everything, and it's really annoying. And a lot of it had to do with Scott Snyder and his decision not to want to use the character specifically for personal reasons um, in his own life because he didn't want to have to write a small child potentially getting brutally beaten or whatever because he has small children himself, which I I understand to a degree. But the biggest thing is in this issue we have Duke Thomas pop up. He he shares some intel that he has learned um, about the situation that they're currently facing, and I think that it's an interesting way to point out that there are other characters. And we've seen a variety of characters come and go. Obviously, Tim Drake and Stephanie Brown have have came and gone, and they're not in the story in the in the story currently. But we've also seen the addition of Batwing and Jean Paul Valley. Harper Rowe has made an appearance um, in the last story arc. So, I mean, I think it's it's interesting that we have the ability to showcase other characters, despite there being such a great group of characters already in the title. Um, and I think that it's an interesting, or it, it, we should see this more. I mean, if Nightwing is in Gotham, because currently over in Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, we know that Nightwing has come to Gotham who's to say he couldn't pop up over here at the same time um not that it has to happen but i'm just saying like i like the idea of them incorporating the other aspects of the bat family into the story even if it's just something as simple as well i'm just sharing some intel um do you guys agree with that or do you think that we already have too big of a group of characters to really give any focus to anything else anybody else
0: well i think that you're absolutely right um I don't like the argument that there are too many characters. I think that that just means the stories that are being told about the characters aren't particularly compelling. I think if you get good enough writers, there'll be stories and titles for everyone, and all the characters will be serviced. I think that I hope Stella likes the next part of my argument, which is that I think (laughs) the biggest thing that the universe has lacked for the last six years is Oracle. We we don't have that that one character that ties all the titles together, even if she's just appearing, you know, one panel giving Batman some information. I think that was one of the things that from the early 90s all the way to the New 52 kept the DC universe, well, maybe not the DC, but at least Gotham, feeling like one place, like a place that took place all on the same level.
1: Yeah, that, that's certainly a great argument, and and I don't know if Gus over in backroll and the Birds of Prey has the ability right now, uh, has the legs as a character, ooh, uh, <laughs> to. Oh man! I know to fill the role that Oracle had filled before, and I don't know if we're in the same place right now, comic continuity wise to have an Oracle character. And I think we're outside of the weird bubble thing that was happening like six months or a year ago where remember that weird thing, Dustin, where it's like, there's a continuity bubble. And these are the titles in this continuity bubble. Oh, yeah. Everything outside of the bubble is its own continuity. Remember that?
2: Oh, yeah. I remember. It was was
1: horrible. (laughs) It was horrible. So, And and I I feel like we're past that with, with Rebirth and everything that's been going on. But I don't know if I necessarily feel like we're in one nice continuous universe. I feel like books are still their own thing to a certain extent. Um, So I don't know if Oracle could potentially do that. Now, I won't say I'm going to be a little contrary to this uh, argument because I won't say that there are too many characters because I like ensemble books, cough, cough, X-Men. Uh, I really like, you know, X-Men books. And um, so I think we have a nice little layout here. My issue is with changing the cast too much because each time you add someone or you take someone away or you switch up the cast, completely different chemistry and you have to start from scratch again. So, you know, the first six issues, we had a particular cast and now we've lost, well, we've lost him and we've lost Steph, but we've replaced them with um, Luke. And um uh, real, who knows if Duke is going to now come into the fold since he was playing in here. And I was He's very not. confused, actually, because um, I thought it was Luke that I, he, but then he was talking about Luke. And I'm like, why is he talking about himself in the third person? But then I realized that it, it was it was Duke. So it's OK. But, you know, so I don't know what's happening there. I just want them to make a consistent team and get to know them and like not add any more people because, like I said, I think it just changes us up. And, and now it just seems like it's a little bit of a miscellaneous group because I feel like the other group had a really nice connection. But now we've lost two characters that sort of tied everyone together. And now we have, I feel like Asriel's kind of on the outskirts. He only really has a connection to... Cassandra if I were to think of one person because of the eternal storyline and Luke is still I think trying to find where he's supposed to go the centerpiece of course is Kate so she's sort of the one that you can't really ever lose but um I don't know this team just doesn't seem to have the best chemistry and it's certainly not chemistry as good as what we were reading before but your original question was, "Should we add any more people?" Is that what you're asking, basically?
2: Do you think it's okay to have other characters pop up? It's not necessarily, you know, yeah. adding more, but do you think? Yeah, it's okay I think yeah, show up.
1: And I think that that's, I think yes, I am okay with them popping up. I am not okay with them. Having a place at the seat at the Hall of Justice. I think when you have people pop up, just like I think what a- Ian was alluding to, is that it references the fact that we are in this universe that is somehow connected and there is a Batman family. So the fact that Duke popped up to take a place because there's a void and you need to help out, um, whether or not you like it, uh, it, it, it worked out well and it would be nice to have, you know, like over in. Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, Nightwing pops up and he's on this mission. Uh, So, you know, certain little things like that I think is great because in New 52, we had a quote-unquote Bat family. But remember, Kate was never really a part of it. Batgirl wasn't really a part of it. But now I feel like we really are in a Batman family-esque era. And I think that they need to put their money where their mouth is and actually have those moments show up. But Damien does in fact need to show up, even though he's not much of a team player, he does have a team now and I think he's growing and now he's away from San Francisco, helping Nightwing out with his pregnancy issue. So, you know, there are certain characters that I would really like to see pop up that haven't yet.
0: I think actually Tynan did spend uh, an oversized issue getting the team to try and have more chemistry uh, when he did nine fifty because you have the the little training story between Luke and Azrael, and mm. then also Cass observes every character in that that team, which That's sort of true. gives them a sense of being together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Tynan is deliberately putting the team in a in an unbalanced place. I think that he wants them to not be as cohesive because of all the upheaval that's going through. Because I mean, he said in interviews that Tim Drake was the glue for his team. And so without Mm. Tim Drake, he wants the team to feel a bit unmoored. And I just hope that when Tim comes back, um, that Tynan will get control of him again, because um, I really liked how he wrote Tim. I think that will allow Steph to come back and, you know, she's my favorite. So of course I want her back. (laughs) <laughs> um, and I think that that storyline is one that he he wants to really pay off so he's giving us this sense of uncertainty and, and tension that is meant to make us want that thing to come back with Tim so I think there's a story reason for this sort of dissatisfaction that we're feeling now I'm completely on board with Detective Comics it's my favorite title of that's um, coming out right now but I do think that what he's doing is very deliberate and has a narrative purpose.
2: I would agree. I, I definitely feel like there is a purpose for what we're seeing and how it's happening. Um, if anything, just to show that you know there does need to be a cohesive unit to, to bring them together. If that may be Tim Drake when he eventually comes back or whether or not it's Batman realizing that you know, him dictating rules is not necessarily going to accomplish everything. I mean, like we literally had Tim die because he did—he didn't listen to the rule. You know, he didn't listen to orders. Um, we had, we had Steph leave because she, her disagreeing with Batman. So maybe the idea is—and who knows? Maybe at the end of this, you know, maybe Orphan is going to leave because she realizes that the only way to take down Shiva is by you know actually trying to fight. And not pull, not hold her punches when it comes to the lethal attacks oh, um, specifically. No. And I, Maybe I, hate she'll to become it, a I really villain? feel like I really feel like that's the direction we're going. I feel like no.
0: there has to be some sort of like
2: conflict that will then propel her to you know, n- you know, not necessarily be cast out by Batman, but she chooses to cast herself out because Batman because she she went against Batman's orders. Because I feel like they really she really does. But if you look at it like. Literally, the Stephanie story that we had had a very similar moment where Batman, you know, sh- you know, has a shares a an emotional moment with Stephanie. And as Aww. brief as it was here, we have a similar moment between him and Cass. So I feel like that's just the direction we're going, which is unfortunate because I don't want it to
1: happen. But I just maybe feel like she'll that's team up with Shiva and they will be partners in crime and they'll lead the uh, the sh- the, uh, the assassins and destroy Gotham. And, uh, yeah, wow, they'll rule man. the world.
0: I think <laughs> next uh, Batman will marry Bane, and they'll have a nice <laughs> little set of triplets. And
2: only Martha.
1: Only <laughs> <named> Martha?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Even if they're a man. Still Even Martha. if they're a man. It is okay, so anyway. 2017. All right, so Detective Comics, I'm going to give a total of four out of five. Also four out of five. Really good stuff.
1: 4.5 out of five.
2: All right, so that's going to give Detective Comics a total of four out of five batterings. That is all of our in-depth reviews. Let's jump over the website for Greater Gotham. Starting off on March 1st, we had Batman 18, which we already talked about. Nightwing number 16, blinded by some internet conversations on who will become the next Batman. Damien heads to Bloodhaven to confront Dick. Meanwhile, Dick gets a phone call from Sean that could change his life, his future. by David. He gave it four out of five. I'm going to give this one a thumbs up.
1: Thumbs up because of Damien, basically.
2: I really liked Damien,
0: but I don't like Javier Fernandez's art, and I don't like how... Dick and
2: Sean were being written, so I have to give it a neutral. All right. Harley Quinn number 15. As Harley deals with Zorkrom, Atlee enlists the help of Power Girl as future plots are hinted at, which includes everything from vampires eating the homeless to a character from the future who battles in arenas who is inspired by Batman. This was reviewed by David. He gave it three and a half out of five. I'm going to give this one a neutral. Abstain. I don't understand this book. I'm going to give it a neutral. All right, no secondary TBU books. Uh, As far as main DC Universe books, we had Justice League number 16. The members of the Justice League are spread out in different time eras, all facing their own problems. While Batman and Superman work with the Infinity Corporation, the threat of the timeless is revealed. This is by Jerry. He gave it three and a half out of five. I'm going to give this one a neutral.
1: Uh, uh, neutral. Thumbs
2: down. I really dislike Fernando
0: Pazarin's art.
2: All right. And then secondary DC Universe books, uh, DC Comics Bombshells number 23, which includes digital chapters number 67 through 69. Batwoman, Selina, Renee, and their friends meet one Roman and her foe, the Baroness. We see a flashback to Lex Luthor attempting to convince Diana that Kate Kane is a threat to her allies. In the present, Diana leads an assault on the Baroness mech. Hawkgirl asks Renee how this divine technology became so corrupted, and Renee doesn't know. Her questioning leads her to believe it's from another world. Hawkgirl interfaces with the machinery to Renee's dismay and discovers her own alien origin. Uh, In Justice Ground 0, number 7, which includes digital chapters number 13 and 14, as Harley wrestles with the idea of killing the Joker or setting him free, Superman announces the execution of Batman. Meanwhile, Deathstroke teams up with the alternate Earth cyborg against the regime. Uh, Superman number 18, Tim Drake appears locked in one of Mr. Oz's cells as it's revealed that someone has escaped his custody. And Superpower is number five. While Batman and the Justice League deal with a Brainiac version of Superman, Darkseid arrives in Gotham City to encounter Joker, Commissioner Gordon, Robin, and Batgirl. Then moving on to March 8th, uh, main TV books. We already talked about Detective Comics. Uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws, number eight. After taking down Cornelius Stirk, Red Hood learns more about the past of Artemis and how it may affect the team. This review by Bill. You gave it three and a half out of five, and you give this one a thumbs up. Thumbs up. Also a thumbs up. Background on the Birds of Prey, number eight. Nightwing meets up with the birds to track down a villain, which will lead them to a showdown with a new villain called Blackbird. This is by Ian. He gave a three and a half out of five. I'm going to give this one a thumbs up. Thumbs up. I'm definitely giving this a thumbs up. Mother Panic number four. Violet tracks down someone who is making someone from her past pay. We are introduced to pretty and hints to the future point towards Ratcatcher. This is reviewed by Jerry. He gave it three and a half out of five. I'm going to give this one a neutral. Abstain. I'm staying. Gotham Academy second semester number seven. Who Amy is and how she affects Olive is revealed, which pushes <laughs> Olive over the edge. This is by Jerry. Yeah. Four and a half out of five. I'm going to give this one a thumbs up. Thumbs up. I'm going to say I called it because I totally did. And also neutral. No secondary TBU books. uh, Main DC Universe books. Justice League of America number two. Lord Havoc's past is revealed as the Justice League of America arrive in a country torn apart by war and help the refugees. This review by Paul. He gave it three and a half out of five. I'm going to give this one a neutral. Thumbs up. Neutral. Titans number nine, as the Titans investigate the Fearsome Five's involvement with Meta Solutions, the team have yet to realize that one of their own may play a part of the villainous plan. This review by Matthew. He gave it four out of five. I'm going to give this one a neutral.
1: Thumbs up.
2: Thumbs down. Suicide Squad number 13, is Flag Katana as Flag and Katana are given ultimatum by Rustam to join him in fighting corruption, the rest of the team is told by Deadshot that he killed Waller. In the second part of the story, Hack is trying to figure out who the spy on the team is when Captain Boomerang reveals himself to be the spy and kills her. This is by Corbin. He gave it two and a half out of five. I'm going to give this one a thumbs up.
0: Abstain. Thumbs down. Why are they still doing the split story on this title?
2: Because they haven't been able to catch up on the art. That's, That's the only explanation. That's not a good one. It's not. It's not at all. Uh, secondary DC Universe Books, Action Comics number 975, Batman Bat make, Batmite makes a brief cameo in the second story of the issue dealing with Mr. Mitsublik. Uh Earth 2 Society number 22, after the apparent death of Dick Grayson in the last issue, he assumes the role of Oracle. Helena Wade, Wayne takes the mantle of Batman alongside Dick's son, John, who becomes Robin. The three of them together successfully take out the Scarecrow gang. Justice are so power- good. It was good. It was really good. Uh, Justice League Power Rangers number three, while the Justice League, including Batman, tried to stop an attack on Earth, reinforcements are called in, which include Batgirl and Black Canary. New Superman number three, Lex Luthor visits the Justice League of China, which includes the Batman of China and his role, his Robin bot. And then uh, as far as trades and hardcovers that released in the last two weeks, we have Batman 66 meets Steed and Mrs. Peel hardcover Titans volume one, the return of Wally West trade paperback suicide squad volume one, the black vault trade paperback. And that is it. So if you want to learn more about the titles that we, that I just mentioned, uh, we have in-depth reviews of almost everything that I just talked about over on the website. So with that, we're going to jump into uh, has become a overnight sensation. (gasps) Monkey Watch twenty seventeen.
1: Monkey Watch twenty seventeen.
2: Monkey Watch twenty seventeen. All right. So uh real quick for all my monkey lovers out there, King Kong yeah. is in theaters. Go see it. It's amazing. I think a lot of people it's were Kong under Skull under, Island. Under,
1: yeah.
2: Kong Skull Island, sorry. Still Give me go, a break. See I- go see it. Go see it it's is is it is uh i think a lot of people were underestimating how well of a story or how good the story could be and i think uh the box office results show that there are plenty of monkey lovers out there so i uh All you monkey lovers out there, this is for you. So Stella also has her own little tidbit of information. So go ahead. I
1: absolutely do. I really like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the ongoing title, as well as in general, because I watch the Nick show that I know uh, Dustin also watches. And so I usually pick up the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in trade. I read the story in trade, so I'm sometimes behind. But then they uh, also started this TMNT universe, which explores characters that are associated with the the turtles, which for the most part, it's really just been the turtles. Hob has been in the story. But in issue seven, which is entitled Metalhead 2.0, uh, Donnie resurrects Metalhead. And I won't spoil in case you're going to, you know, if you're going to read this. But anyway, he takes Metalhead with him to to the zoo. And uh, they, in particular, they at one point, go and see the monkeys. And there's Donnie, you know, looking through the glass at the monkey and just talking about how sort of peaceful nature is. And I took a picture of it (laughs) and I posted it on Twitter because basically Dustin is Donatello and he kind of had a goofy grin on his face. And I thought, yeah. That's probably how Dustin is. So there is my Monkey Watch 2017 issue seven.
2: Yeah, Ninja Turtles is a great, great area for monkey lovers because there's Absolutely. a character who is <gasps> called That's right. who was Monkey Brains, but then ended yes. up becoming Doctor Rockwell I forgot in about the him. original yeah. series back mm-hmm. in the late 80s, early 90s. There was Sergeant Bananas, which is a character that I personally yeah. wish would have ended up in the Turtles. series. There's still but, time. Well. The word is, I don't know if anybody actually heard this, Uh-oh. except for me. But, well, no, I know that other people heard it because I didn't read it. I didn't make it up it myself. Something? No, the the series itself is over. The f- series finale actually aired oh. a week and a half ago or two weeks ago or whatever. There's a new series, which they're, they're showing as season five of... T- the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but it's it, they're changing the name of the series to Tales of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and it's supposed to be dealing with like the shorter, shorter form stories. One of the characters mm. that they face right up in the beginning is called Demon, Demon, Demon I God, or something like that, who's well. voiced by Mark Hamill. Um, but then there was just word during uh, Emerald City Comic Con that in 2018 they're rebooting the entire animated universe, so.
1: Oh, no. Why do so, they do that? They did that with my beloved Ben 10 too.
2: See, I, I see. I think the reason they do that in general with cartoons, because obviously they've done that plenty of times with the Batman stuff. Um, I think the reason they do that is because the creators that are currently working on it, they get to a point where they're like, what else can we really do? And, you know, they're like, they're, they look back and they think to themselves, well, this was a good run. We had, you know, we had five seasons or whatever, 65 episodes. And we told a lot of really good stories, but it was good. That was a chapter of my life that I'd like to close the door on. I think that's what ends up happening. So,
1: oh, well, they did kill off a major character. So,
2: yeah, they 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 killed two major characters off.
1: Oh, that's true. Yeah. So,
2: also on the comic side of it, just to wrap up our Monkey Watch, the second issue of Green Lantern: <laughs> Plan of the Apes came out, so you can check that out too. So, that is Monkey Watch 2017. <laughs> All right, so now we're gonna jump into our bat signal and the first qu- the first comment we have comes from Jerry.
1: Another great podcast, guys. Thanks. I give it a per- <laughs> I give it a perfect 5.3325 out of seven. What do you think about that, Dustin?
2: Uh, well, I think that he's taking your <laughs> fractions comment too hard.
1: Well, as you should, So I hope it happens. I know that you like apes and stuff, Dustin. And although I love Detective Chimp, my spirit animal is the mighty, mighty pangolin. As soon as you said jump to conclusions, my mind went right for the office-based joke, too. When Ed made the comment, I did a fist pump. Not sure if Ed will be pleased to have a similar sense of humor as I do, as there's the couch full of semi-professional eye rollers here. Regarding your comments about Nightwing, I am not an expert on Tim Seeley's work, but from what I've seen, plotting isn't his strong point. The book has seemed weak and meandering. However, number 16 has come out since the podcast was recorded, and I just love the relationship he writes between Damien and Dick. As snarky and aggressive as the youngster is, he has great love and respect for Dick. There is a great panel where you can see Damien on his back with uh, Richard in his face, giving him talking to great stuff because of his relationship with Damien. I can see Grayson as a father will likely cause relationship issues between the two. Right now, their dynamic is what Nightwing is about for me, not Deathwing or the Depancer. Those horse heads. <laughs> Wait, the depanzer. Does he De-pansers. mean the DeFacer?
0: Well, you know, sure. to that's, to have a baby, you that's have that's to take said. your pants off. So I think he's oh, talking about
1: Sean. Oh no. yeah, but Batman. Remember, they kept the uh, the costumes on. So who knows? It was don't you the, the costume.
2: There was what Egg called her. He called her the Depancer.
1: Oh, uh, okay. I guess I just try not. I try to ignore the word um (laughs) how will dick take to fatherhood and how will it affect his relationship with damien this is see strength i'm sure the next podcast will be full of discussion about the new daddy while you discuss it please guys be kind to stella in this difficult time thank you no one has apologized to me for this tough time i'm in all in black because I feel like you know Barbara is just out in the cold here. But she's kind of friendly
0: yeah. with her.
2: She's like here. hanging with Penguin Junior.
1: Oh, what? she's not with Let's him. Don't talk about it. Like that. Oh. Of
2: romantic interests in the in the past couple of years as well. Let's not forget she was also dating Luke Fox for a short time. As ridiculous as all of her relationships have seemed didn't she date in the last five <sighs> years? <sighs> That's true, but but. Let's, but the thing is, what I want to specifically talk about here is, uh-huh. um, one, I don't feel like anybody should be apologizing to you, Stella, because nobody really, what? they're not married, what okay? Just because they're sleeping together doesn't mean that Barbara's not sleeping with other people, too. No, um,
1: she's not. She's well, you not. Could, you could, you could, wait, wait, wait. wait. You know, wait, wait. <laughs> Barbara
2: ever together in this continuity. I don't think they ever have been. Yes, they have. Yes, they have. I don't think so. Just think about uh, Nightwing number fifteen. They they exchanged that that uh, moment as if they were together. There's no way you can deny that they have been together. Well, I'm denying. Together
1: it. in a, I don't think together together. Yeah, I think they, I think they think might have they been, been in
2: a relationship in love. I just don't think that it got that far. Oh, okay, you're category. talking about sleeping together. Let's be yeah. a little more clear. I okay, fine. I guess we if we're looking at it from that perspective. It's possible that they never slept together
1: um, I think their their relationship their love transcends these things. And <laughs> I couldn't think of a uh, frivolous these crude these crude things. And so like their love is deep down and they don't, you know. So that's why it's so tragic is because they never but had a that chance but they still more, have that they saw that.
2: Doesn't that even make it more sweeter when knowing that more despite all of this stuff that horror this horrific crudeness that occurs with Nightwing. Yeah. You still going to end up with her?
1: I I she he batter. Well. Is she going to have to adopt idea? this child?
2: It's not the idea. I mean, I'm sure she's not going to end up with Tim Dre. You know, this isn't the Arkham universe after all.
1: Oh, that'd be strange.
0: I just actually had a thought that now that Oracle, Babs time as Oracle is back in continuity, thanks to the Birds of Prey title, when Dick and Barbara were together and living together, that was when she was Oracle in Chuck Dickens' Birds of Prey. So I might take that back. Maybe they were together in this universe.
1: But it's so constricted because that was pretty young. A well,
0: timeline is weird at this point. Time, yeah. well,
1: because she's young. It's hard because I mean, her life is...
0: 21. How long? I don't even know how long the New Jiffy 2 was supposed to have taken place. It's,
2: Scott well, let's just be clear. And say, it, does, and it doesn't really does. make a difference as far as the timeline goes because as soon as the Watchmen thing happens, we're going to find out that they just like took five years out of everything or condensed stuff down. That's going to be the explanation. So you have to imagine as if the old timeline still exists... And then something happened that just pushed things back. But it's that that stuff is now, you know, back in existence, despite being told for five years that it wasn't. So I'm guessing that's what's going to happen. But anyway, they
0: don't know it happened yet.
2: That's true. Okay. So uh, our next comment comes from Ian yourself. So you should probably read your own comment. (laughs) Okay. Yes. Were it not for my faith in the Bensons, I would
0: say that Dustin and I'd have to be kind to Stella concerning this week's Birds of Prey but I trust them to make the story about the friendship of the birds and not about Helena and Babs fighting on their nightwing. Um, since that issue has now come out, I can confidently say that it was a very beautiful issue of friendship and that both relationships were honored, especially my girl, Helena. <clears throat> <Ugh. laughs> I personally really doubt that they're going to have Dick be a biological father, but I do hope that Seely doesn't resolve the issue by killing Sean off
1: refrigerator sticker. Yeah, one.
0: I am not a fan of that. Especially not if they chop her into tiny pieces, because that Deathwing guy looks pretty serious.
1: That's true, yeah.
2: All right, so the comments to uh, take away from this. If you don't know what we're what he's referring to in back and the Birds of Prey, why don't we enlighten listeners who may not have read back and the Birds of Prey what exactly the And if you haven't, why, why haven't you, listeners? It's a great title. That's it
1: is point. true. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I guess it's kind of a love triangle, but it's not. Re- I mean, no, there's a mission.
2: A no, I mean it.
1: It, it could have been like a, an awkward situation, an awkward triangle. Um, so the Nightwing is is injured on a mission, and both Helena and well, both Huntress and Batgirl help him off, you know, out of the field, out of danger, and Adam's uh. Pants. With- his pants are on. And, uh, yes. Then he he's brought back to you know their their headquarters and everything, and they both have different conversations because he didn't really know that Helena was on the team, and of course there's back row and everything. And then there's an interesting moment between Hunter well, between Helena and Babs, where Helena actually said like it's clear that he loves you, and then Babs makes a sad face, which reflected my own sadness, uh, you know, that he's uh, with someone else. But it was very nice. It really is. I think mostly about the. The friendship as ian attested to because uh huntress was very much willing helena was very much willing to back off and you know say that you know it's it's fine i I think he he belongs with you but of course that's not the situation at hand well and also Uh, but but, yeah
0: that um She hopes that Dick continues to have great taste in women, referring to the fact that she also sees that Helena and Dick had a very close relationship, even if it wasn't openly romantic. Right. So I think that both characters really respect each other and each other's relationship with Dick. And that I loved it. It was
1: great. Yeah. I think there was also a butt comment in there.
0: (laughs) No, it was Abs.
1: Uh, oh, said, his abs. Pretty That's Pretty what. It, yeah, because she said, bring your shirt back on." Kind of Pretty Pretty Pretty. 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 Yeah. So, um, I mean, there were there was some nice little shipping moments, but just sad that it's <sighs> not to be right now. You think
0: that? I mean, you've been speculating over on Batgirl to Oracle whether they're going to have Jim find out that Babs <sighs> is Batgirl. Yeah. But I'm wondering, um, do you think that they're ever going to write Nightwing and Batgirl in a relationship again? I mean, mm-hmm. they haven't. Oh gosh, it's been over fifteen years since they've been in a relationship. Do you think yeah, it's been dancing
1: around. I don't. I. I don't think while like Dan De Dio is because Dan De Dio for some reason has like a real hang up about Dick Grayson. It's um, Stephanie and,
0: Brown and Cassandra Kane.
1: <laughs> it's just a bad family. Uh, and, and I think also that whole thing where characters aren't don't deserve to be happy together, which was another Dio saying, which broke oh, up Kate and Maggie, so you know? So I, I'm i not sure if, like, their time is now. But at least we were given the Gail Simone – like, Gail Simone gave us that glimpse, like, how it could be potentially. Um, I just got that every- She's actually here. It's a fun yeah. story. It is, yeah. So I'm hopeful, but I, I I, don't know. It's, I guess they're just really, as Tom Panarese calls them, sort of the Ross and Rachel. Like, you know that they belong together, but they're going to be with these other people until they get together. And so I guess we're always going to be in this limbo of them, like, caring about each other but not being with each other. Um, but, you know, if they ever get together, I can uh, finally, I can die happy, I guess.
2: Well you better die soon because I'll probably break them up in a month. <laughs> no! That is <laughs> do you have all. any
1: comments, Dustin? I,
2: I do not. I do not.
1: Dustin, what did you think about the Huntress-Dick Grayson relationship when it occurred for a hot minute during No Man's Land? What did I think of it? Um, yes. Well, it was I actually f- just
2: before it in the miniseries. Okay, so my understanding of their relationship from the perspective of when I read it, uh-huh. it was kind of like, huh, this is weird. I always thought that that, that he was meant to be with Barbara. Um, I have no problem with admitting <laughs> that I am on Team Stella here. And stuff, but, uh, I truly pair the two of Nightwing and uh, or I should say Dick Grayson and Barbara Gordon together over all the other women that he has uh, been with. But um, yeah. did, what did I think of it? Like as I read in the you know, a lot of the stuff that I read was very disconjoined and didn't make a lot of sense. Um, at the time but when I read it I was kind of just like nah okay I mean I guess in some ways it presents some story elements to focus on at some point maybe there could be not necessarily a love triangle but you know some sort of like animosity towards the idea that Helena went with uh, Dick from Barbara but it never really panned out to be something like that so like I, I don't really know why they chose to do it other than just to say that Dick Grayson is, is, is really the ultimate playboy in the DC universe where he gets with so many different women. I I mean, like, honestly, I can't think of anybody from the Batman universe, at least, that has been with as many different other characters as he has that are like legitimate characters, not just like, here's a random woman we're creating so that Bruce can say that he's dating her type of situation. So, yeah, that's that's my thoughts.
0: Also, just to just to be completely honest, I'm I do ship Babs and Dick. I just uh-huh. enjoy, I enjoy yanking Stella's chain about Helena, and uh, Helena is my favorite, one of my favorite characters in the DC universe. So I think that she's great. I just don't necessarily ship her with with Dick. I just don't like.
1: I smell new podcast, <laughs> the Helena Burton <laughs>
0: <laughs> No, no, no. I'm just waiting for you to get to finally get to Gail Simone's run on Birds of Prey because that's where she really gets. It's you know, taken a while. I mean the friendship between Helena and Barbara is, is fantastic. And I'm really liking it in current birds of prey, but that's Gail Simone's run is really where I fell in love with those two as really close friends who often have disagreements.
2: All right. So with that, that is all of our comments that we have over on the website. Now is the time of the podcast where it's that time of the month where I thank our, our Patreon supporters, uh, first off to Lisa, Donnie, Jerry, Ian, Rob and Ian, who all have uh, been who who all contributed to TBU this past month. Um, I also want to say that uh, we had two entries into the TBU raffle for the month um, at the huh. dollar level. Um, Rob O, you are the winner for this month. So, Rob O, you have won a copy of Batman vs Superman oh. in digital form. You will be emailed a uh, you will receive an email from. TBU giving you the access to that code. Uh, So enjoy Batman vs Superman as much as you can. So um, I also want to point out that uh, we do have a number of uh, supporters at different levels. Uh, Previously, I said that the dollar level was the level that you would be able to get an entry. But given the, uh, the fact that I'd like to have as many supporters as possible and not just dollar supporters... Anybody who has supported us at any level will get an entry into the raffle as well. You won't get more than one entry despite the fact you're contributing more because you get other uh, rewards as well. But uh, starting in this month of March, at the end of the month when everything goes through, if you are supporting at any level within uh, the reward tiers that we have to offer, you will also receive an entry in the raffle. That way we can get more people into that raffle and then also get better prizes as well. So uh, the only thing that you need to do for those of you who are specifically at the 5 10 and $25 levels currently is that you need to go on to Patreon and actually update to have your shipping address because not everything is going to be a digital copy of something. So you just need to go over there and update. And give your shipping address so that when you when you potentially win, you have the ability to receive whatever the prize may be for the month. So with that being said, thank you to our supporters. If you are not supporting us on Patreon, I encourage you to support us on Patreon. We have all kinds of things that we'd like to try and do and produce more content and produce more avenues of content and things like that. And in order to do that, we just need to get some more support. So uh, if you have any interest, a dollar, even if it's just a dollar per month, that goes a long ways. So you'd be surprised. I mean, a dollar a month can use up or can actually pay for a good chunk of the fees that we have to actually have every single month as well. So if we could get like 50 people to donate a dollar a piece, that's 50 bucks. That's a lot of money considering our monthly goal is $150. So with that being said, please support us on Patreon. All you have to do is go to the website. There's a link in the sidebar to Patreon. If you choose not to donate on Patreon, you just want to do a one-time donation. You can also do that just by simply clicking the donate button and donating through PayPal, to TBU. All right, in addition to that, we are currently looking for a number of different people to help fill some vacancies and some uh, volunteer their services on the website. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, we are looking for a video editor, we are looking for an audio editor, and we are looking for three different news writers, specifically one covering media, uh, including movie, TV, and video games one covering merchandise and one covering comics. So if you have any interest in any of those things, or you have, even if you are not necessarily able to donate your time, but you know, someone who may be interested as well, please pass on our information and, and have them or yourself send an email to TBU at the Batman universe.net. If you're interested in filling any of those vacancies that we currently have. Um, in addition to that, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube for all the latest news and videos from the Batman universe. Leave us reviews and iTunes. Those are always greatly appreciated. Be sure to check out all the other podcasts that we have to offer. I failed to mention it last episode, but the latest episode of Bat Books for Beginners that released uh, just last week was actually Superman, Batman, uh, Bat, uh, Supergirl, which is the, the the very well-known story that ended up becoming a animated animated movie called Superman, Batman, Apocalypse. Um, oh. next, or next week, while you're listening to this, the following Tuesday after this release is... Next one is going to be Robin Unmasked, so check out oh. Bat Books for Beginners in just a couple days for the next episode, which will feature Robin Unmasked, so be sure to check that out. Also, be sure to check out new episodes of Robin mm-hmm. Everyone Loves the Drake, Batco the Oracle, Bat Fans, uh, Bruce Wayne's World, and tons of other stuff on the website for you to check out, editorials, reviews, tons of stuff. So be sure to check all that stuff out. And as always, please leave your comments on the website for this episode for us to talk about next episode. Uh, next episode will actually be in three weeks uh, due to the fact that there are uh, there's an extra Wednesday in the month of March. So be on the lookout for this episode or for the next episode, the beginning of April. In the meantime, enjoy the next couple weeks and uh, yeah. So that's been, the Batman universe comic podcast. I appreciate Ian for filling in for Ed this time. Thanks Ian. Sorry for not representing Snyder for you, Ed. I'm sure you'll bring (laughs) it next time. I'm sure he will with all star coming out next, next episode. So, so with that, that has, that is everything for this episode. This is Dustin.
1: This is Gwendolyn. This
2: is Ian prime. And you've been listening to the Batman universe comic podcast. We'll see you guys in three weeks.